Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. I'm going to be your host today. My name is Dan Dimite, and I'm joined here in studio with Brad Pierron. Yes, sir. And Aaron hey, Richards. What is up, brothers? You excited for today? I'm feeling good. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Hey, if you're joining us for the first time, this is the podcast where we engage in critical questions that you, our audience, ask. And then we spin these questions to talk about how we can also go on mission. So what we're going to do is... We're going to throw a question out. We're going to give our two cents on uh, the answer to that question. And then we're going to close with a mission momentum, how we can take that question and those answers into the momentum of our week to live a life on mission. Hey, you guys uh, feeling like missionaries today? Feeling uh, pretty missionary. Aaron, (laughs) you? That's the dumbest question ever. How do you feel missionary? I, well, I woke up feeling missionary today. Close your eyes and ask yourself, am I <laughs> yeah. feeling missionary today? And see what the response is. Hey, Jack. Is hey, Jack. How's that question yeah. coming? <laughs> the other question. Uh, wait, wait, what? Yeah. No, wait. I thought that was the question. We were yeah, that was. Are you feeling missionary today? That's today's question. No, Jack, could you please enlighten us with the wisdom of our audience and give us a great question? Mm. How... Do I live in the tensions of my desires and God's will? Oh, that's a good one. So how do I live in the tensions of my desires and God's will? Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, huh. mm-hmm. I think I'll take the first step. Oh, did I make both of those? That's left-handed. That's a finger roll too. So um, <laughs> two cents are now in the mission jar. Um, I love this question. I think if, well, any of us who have like lived a life that's, oriented towards the Lord, realize that there are times in our life where we find desires that might not be aligning with what we've been instructed or God's desires. And I was really impacted early in my conversion in reading a book by Dr. Ralph Martin called The Fulfillment of All Desire. And amongst other things, the book just points to the fact that God is ultimately the fulfillment of all the desires of our hearts, even the ones that are misaligned at first. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I guess when I, when I hear this question, if, if I were asking it, I think a, a tension I might have is like, okay, so I'm seeing these desires I have and I'm pursuing them. And I'm not sure if ultimately God is the author of those desires. Well, what we can be sure of is God is the author of whatever is under all of our desires, because what's under all of our desires is God. And I think in our Christian mm-hmm. experience, sometimes we, in fear of sin, will teach people that we need to just do away with desire, right? So, hey, abdicate all desire, set it to the side and just just pursue the intellectual life and relationship with God that understands he's the way and the truth and the life. But in Dr. Martin's book, I, I love that he points to the fact that no, go deeper into that desire. The surface level desire might be the thing that you're thinking not in alignment with the Lord, but he is under it. So keep pressing. So if, if you're, um, yeah, if you're finding yourself drawn to something that you don't want to be drawn to, ask why you're drawn to it. Find what the impetus is for you pursuing that. And ultimately, if you go deep enough, the answer to that's going to be God. So I would answer this of, well, I guess I would, I would answer the question specifically. So how do I live in the tension, uh, like between my desires and God's will? I would say recognizing that God's will is for you to find the depth of those desires. So the way to live in the tension is to press deeper, not to rid yourself of them when at surface level, they don't look in alignment with God. I love that. Aaron, what do you think about Brad's two cents? I think that's awesome. I was, uh, as I hear this question, I'm having a hard time even just taking this outside of my own personal context, right? Mm -hmm. That, that, that is like, I have, you have to remind yourself of that. I have to remind myself of that, 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 
I'm stuck in this moment right now where I am struggling because my reality, my expectation for what God promises isn't lining up with the reality of the moment mm-hmm. and and what I desire from it. And like we need to realize that that yeah, my desire rightly oriented actually does align with God. Mm-hmm. So if there's a misalignment, something's got to change and that thing has to be me. And uh, that's just a great invitation to, to, rem- to remind ourselves of that. I think sometimes in prayer, we can, uh, we can think our bad desires shouldn't be talking, <clears throat> like we shouldn't bring those to God. And I, I think it's so beautiful when we bring, like the subject of prayer is our thoughts, feelings, and desires. And so even if my desire is something disordered, right? Like if I desire- um, That's great, Dan. So, like I can actually bring that disordered desire to God and say, God, what, why do I have this? And that's exactly- then God, he starts speaking to us in that disordered desire. And he says, you have this, like, because you want this, and then because you want this, and because you want this. And as you're saying, Brad, the end of that questioning with God is always going to be clarity. And it's at the end of that questioning is actually where the power and the healing is, right? Yep. That and, and God doesn't, I think sometimes we think of God's will as this, like, external thing I have to do. Like, like Paul says to the Thessalonians, this is God's will, your holiness. Like God just wants you. He wants a relationship with you. So like what all of these desires that you have, he like the, the end is just so that you talk to God about them and so that you can have union with him and relationship with him. And, and so whether that you think they're good, whether other people think they're good, like what they are there, now bring them to him and have a conversation. Yeah, and if and if you press like into them enough, the ones that at least I hear all the time when I'm walking with people is if you're pressing deep enough, you're going to find I desire relationship. Yeah. I desire greatness. I desire something to do with my life that matters more than the moment. Like <laughs> there's a pretty consistent like series of deep desires. And once we get there, we recognize that the path Yeah. I got, I got some two cents here. Oh, shots. Oh, that was so close. close. No, not no, oh, no today. Not hey, today. You make them. It's going to be worth it. Just wait. Okay. So uh, this. Uh, <laughs> I like Just what Jack wait. loses it. The, the, the laughter from outside the shot. There will be a day where I make everyone. I'm, keep, I'm keeping a tally of how many times we can keep. We can make Jack laugh on the show. <laughs> Uh, I've got two so far, just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> I have probably zero. That's, that's three. <laughs> three, zero, zero. Uh, this summer, I, I, I had the opportunity to give a teaching on, on God's will at summer camp. And it, it's funny when we talk about God's will, because it's like this big mysterious thought <laughs> that, that we think about. And the reality is God, God uh, communicates his will to us very clearly. Um, in one, one particular place is in, in the teaching of the, of the Lord's prayer, the, our father, that we, we, we ought to pray our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that God's kingdom would come and that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's will, as he expresses it to us is that earth would become like heaven and uh, sort of to to get to where you were going, Brad. That 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 our desires ought to be oriented to a heavenly reality, hmm. and each of us can kind of imagine what we believe heaven is like. But when I'm asking, like, how does how does my desire for this thing fit into God's will? The answer can be, well, what does that thing look like oriented toward heaven? Hmm. Right. 
um, when I think about my finances and the anxiety I have for my finances. My will is that, you know, I'll, I'll do something extreme that may never happen, right? My will is that I would be a, a millionaire missionary, right? <laughs> God, what, is, what, is, what do my finances look like in heaven? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not going to be poor, but I'm not going to be attached, right? That that there's there's going to be there's there's going to be a reality that that I've got my I, I was praying about this um, a number of days ago that that when I when I think about my experience in heaven like that I'm I'm overcome with with a joy and a peace and a satisfaction of realizing that I can rest confidently in God mm-hmm. that my relationships are going to be oriented toward God and I think the fruit of that when we when we when we adopt that perspective is that that tension between my desires and God's will begins to diminish as I let go of those things that I'm attached to. And I think that that perspective toward detachment in, in life, it's a really healthy thing. Yeah. I like that perspective a lot because I, I, I think that one of the, like one of the shames of the generation that we're in is we've, we've lost how amazing heaven is. <laughs> like we've, we've like made heaven boring. And I think that like, if heaven's the, the end of what we're made for, like, what is it? It's God's will perfected, right? Like it's, it's us fully alive. It's yeah. us fully engaged with the one who created us. And sometimes when we talk about heaven, it's just kind of like, well, it's where good people go and you just kind of exist there forever, you know? And it's, it's no, it's, it's life here perfected. And we don't even know how to comprehend that. We don't know how to understand worship and um, orientation to God, the way that it'll be in heaven, but pushing towards that heavenly reality now, like what, what can we engage in right now that would, would be as adventurous as heaven could be? I I just think we have to start reshaping just what people think of when they think heaven, it's not Casper, the friendly ghost floating around for all of eternity. (laughs) That's, that's actually all I've been thinking heaven was. What can we talk after the show to make sure we real? You're the exact one I was thinking about. I I was like, Dan has made heaven I can't wait to be Casper. Dan's like, I cannot wait to sit down and just be there for all of eternity. I always like the guys, the really fat ghost in Casper that was able to eat a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I I was thinking Ghostbusters. Oh, that wasn't Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah, when we did diminish heaven uh, and the the glory of heaven, we, it, the result is we elevate the, the earth. Exactly. So like we're like, oh, heaven's not that great. And because heaven's not that great, well, I need to live everything now. Yeah. And we start panicking. Our and earthly so, desires take precedent instead yeah. of our heavenly ones. And so yeah. then our, our earthly desires, I think, become so big and so urgent. And they almost start to become Lord as mm-hmm. opposed to Jesus being Lord. And I think what you're saying, Aaron, is so profound is that sometimes these desires, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, God doesn't want this for me. And like, we start thinking about his will intention or at war with our desires. But like Brad, you were saying, no, just go deeper into those. I think Aaron, you're saying go wider. So like hmm. uh, when you go deeper, you find relationship with God. When you go wider, you realize your desires are a little fickle, you know, like sometimes like our desires are just, they're, they're carnal, they're fleshy. Like you really just want things that are fading. And even if they're good desires, so like, even if it's like, man, I really want this relationship to work out. Do you realize that that relationship has an end date, right? Like that everything, um, like in, in view of the grandeur of God, the things that we desire in life are pretty small and insignificant. It's all rubbish, if, if you will, as Paul says. And so I think that's awesome. I love that. All right, my two cents. Woo-woo! All right. Um, okay, what, what do I want to say? I think 
um, God loves your desires. Like whoever's asking this question, like he planted those desires in you and he's fascinated by them. Uh, I think if we think about the God, the father as a father who loves his children and, and looks at his children with fascination, um, my kids, like they're each different and I'm fascinated by the things that they're passionate about, right? Like my two youngest daughters, they, they are just like, arts and crafts and like the they're always just building and creating and 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 it's just beautiful and when i see those desires in them i want to magnify those desires so i want to pull them out so god i think you know uh, god doesn't want to destroy your desires he's fascinated by them he loves them and when when he sees them he sees his image and likeness his own image and likeness manifested in and through you so i think um we can look at what God wants to do with our desires when they seem uh, at war with or in tension with his will for your life is he wants to transform them uh, and do something even more beautiful. So yeah. it, you, you see um, Peter and James and John and Andrew, the Lord, his call, when he called them to himself, he said, no longer will you be fishermen, but fishers of men. And they no longer stopped. Like It wasn't like, hey, what you were doing, you're just never going to do anymore. Like my will is that you're just not happy because I know you love the sea. No, like that you still see their whole life is around the sea that throughout their, their, their following of him, he brings them back the invitation with Peter of his call. He was brought back at the, uh, after the resurrection back on the water that, that God has these things in your life that he wants to transform. No longer will you be fishermen. Okay. So it may not be exactly what you thought, but you're going to be fishers of men. I'm going to transform it. And so when you have a desire that is opposed to God's will, my suggestion would be you put it on the altar. And mm-hmm. you whatever hits the altar of God gets transformed. So bread and wine becomes body and blood, right? If I put my desire on the altar, like, God, I really want this. And I don't know, it doesn't seem like you want this for me. I'm going to offer it up. Like uh, 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 Abraham uh, offering Isaac. It's that act of offering that allows the desire to be transformed into God's will. And so the the two may not be opposed. They may be together. And I think when I, this question too, I think a lot of times the desire may be like for healing, right? Like, my mom is dying of cancer and I desire that she be healed from cancer, but uh, that my mom's not actually dying from cancer. This is an analogy. I desire that she be healed, right? But it may be God's will that she not be healed in this earth, right? And so if I lay that desire on the altar, then God's able to transform us. So I start seeing healing from heaven's perspective, right? And I love um, what Paul says to the Romans, right? He, he roots us in the father and he says, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption through which we all cry, Abba, father, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if only we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. So the beautiful thing about Christianity is, suffering is transformed into resurrection. Suffering is transformed into glory. So no matter how bad God's will may look, like it may be God's will that the cancer isn't healed and that your mother passes. But the beauty of the gospel is that that suffering is transformed into resurrection. And only in Christianity do we find that kind of beauty. So wherever there's tension between God's will and your desires, I think just ask God, how do you want to transform this so that I see it like you see it? Mm-hmm. 
I think the bridge there is, is trust, right? I think sometimes when we find ourselves in a tension between our desires and God's will, what we'll presume is that he might have desires that are antithetical to mine. Yeah. Like they're like, he doesn't, uh, want, what's good for he me. doesn't want what's good for me. Yeah. Exactly. And I was thinking about your analogy with the altar, which I think is awesome. Cause I actually go to that whenever I'm walking with someone in discernment, I'll use the, the altar image a lot because on the altar, one of two things happens. The altar, it's either burnt up or it's multiplied, hmm. right? It's, it's burnt up or it's multiplied. We can see that even in like the candles and the Eucharist, you can see it in the old Testament too. Like that, that's what's happening on altars and both are pleasing to God because, because, because there's an offering and offerings made and what happens to the offering we can entrust to God and whatever happens of it will be pleasing to him and will be for our betterment mm. that that offering for me to be detached from it if it if it goes away or goes into something different i can trust that god is in it for my flourishing so that's okay yeah. if it multiplies and and you can like imagine like if you're listening and you're discerning vocation or something imagine that in the same light right i'm in this relationship and i'm not sure if i'm supposed to we'll put it on the altar like ooh. How are you experiencing it with the Lord? Is he drawing you further in, multiplying it? Is he, is he pulling you back a little bit? Okay, well, we can make decisions on that because we can trust that he's in it for our flourishing, you know? Amen. It's beautiful. Got anything, Aaron? I'm, I'm ready and rare. Ready. Some mission, uh, mission momentum. <laughs> momentum. Can, can, I, can I throw one thing before we go there? No, no. We've, you've already oh, given two cents. On, you've come given on, come two. On. I, I, there's not, it's not called three cents. I Brad. know, but I just, I'm going to pull one out. <laughs> okay. I yeah, only put you one in there. the one that Aaron didn't make. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, That's yeah. fine. Um, I was, I was actually, I was thinking about the, um, the concept of desire as well. And I think that we have allowed ourselves to define um, God's desires from ours instead of ours from his too. like, take the perspective of like, what does God desire for my life? Lord help shape my desires to match that. I think a lot of times in our Christian walk, we can just be like, I really hope God has the same desires I have. I really hope his heart is the same as mine. And if we make that prayer instead, God, give me your heart yeah. for me and for those around me, help my desires be yours. Like it, we'll find more success in that prayer than God. I really hope your desires are mine. Make mine yours instead of like make yours mine. That's super good. Um, that is definitely, that was a definitely a, a new two cents, but it was a good two cents. If if you're angry and bitter at Brad for adding an, I think they're excited. Cents, Put some could comments. You please if you're comment, like this yeah, edified yeah. my whole life. Yeah, and Dan no, needs to, it is allow good. It to happen more. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, it's conformity. I mean, it's not about conformity with the will of God. It's about uniformity yeah. with the will of God, which mm -hmm. is beautiful. Okay. Mission momentum. Um, who wants to share their mission momentum, how you're going to take this question into your week on mission this good yeah week. let me jump on it so uh our creative team here at damascus we were reading a book called Pract the practice of the presence of god by brother lawrence mm. and it is uh it's an incredible dive into what can happen when i orient my life around uniformity around uniforming my will to god's will and the beautiful way that brother lawrence identifies like the, the key to this happening is just orienting ourselves from a standpoint of God, my, my reason for doing what I'm doing today is out of love of you, that, that my love for you would actually motivate my act, my activity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my, my mission, my challenge for us for mission momentum today for this week is, is to, uh, pause your day. Anytime, anytime you can, you can bring this to your mind and ask myself, okay, why am I doing 
this next thing? Why am I going to make this phone call? Why am I stepping into this meeting? Lord, I'm stepping into this meeting because I love you. Um, Lord, I'm, I'm entering into this phone call because I love you. I, I've tried to incorporate this into my own uh, leadership here at Damascus, that sometimes we have opportunity to open our meetings in prayer. I always like to begin our, our meetings in prayer that, uh, Jesus, we love you, mm-hmm. that this is, this is the, the rooting statement. And if we can foster that, that, that consistent um, motivation of love of God, that all of a sudden those things that, that would draw us to love my own things, to love my own desires, to love the things of this world, will begin to fade. It's so good. It is good. Um, there you have it. There you have it from Aaron Richards himself. <laughs> <laughs> My mission momentum is going to just orient around this idea of desire. So with with um, the desires that we have, I would encourage all of us, us included, this week, permitted that it's not sinful, right? If if there's a desire that you find on your heart, I want to like encourage us to engage that desire and welcome God into it. Because I think sometimes you can even find them to be foolish. It's like, I desire ice cream today. It's like, okay, eat ice cream and celebrate with the Lord. Like, I just think sometimes like we can see how interested he is in the things on our heart when we welcome him into these little desires that we have. So this week, a desire that you would usually question or ask if it was too childish or if it was really necessary, actually engage it this week and welcome God to it into it while engaging it. And I, I, I'm interested to see just the, the fruit that comes from recognizing he's actually interested in the things that I'm partaking in right now, no matter how small. That's great, Brad. That's good. Okay. Uh, mine's going to require you to talk to someone and uh, do something uh, in a missionary way. So oh, yeah. there's always people we know, whether it's a family member, whether it's a coworker, a, a classmate who they have impure desires, mm-hmm. <clears throat> their, their desires are disordered. Uh, and so, um, and we see that and we can either get frustrated with it or kind of annoyed by it. I would suggest uh, going off of your two cents, your first mm-hmm. two cents, Brad, uh, Which, that, <laughs> that the end of all of those desires is God, that you would, you would ask God to reveal to you what that person is truly desiring through their disorder. And so like, if it's, you know, if they're in a impure relationship or whatever, it, like, what are they actually desiring? Maybe they're desiring authentic love and whatever the pick the person, mm-hmm. Ask God to show what is their deepest desire, God, uh, behind this action, and then talk to them about that deepest desire, right? And they probably, they may not even know that it's there, but but actually have a conversation with them in some way about that desire that, that, that maybe they haven't seen or heard God speak into. I think that'd be really awesome to change someone's life. And I like it. I think we want to live a life that changes lives. We want to help people be blessed, mm-hmm. and so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, that brings us... To the end. Um, so w- we just want to remind you that uh, you've been listening to Beyond Damascus because you may have forgotten. <laughs> so that's why <laughs> at some point that's through why Brad's we multiple you. rounds of two cents. <laughs> yeah. So this is the show where encounter meets mission. Uh, honestly, I think this question was a great question. A lot of people wrestle with this. Um, and so if this has yeah. blessed you or if you know people that wrestle with this question, go ahead and share this episode with them. That in and of itself is a missionary activity. So share this. This show is also a show on mission. And if you subscribe uh, to Beyond Damascus, uh, we have a, a mission partner who will give us $10 towards a camp scholarship for every new subscription this season. So uh, you hitting uh, allows us to send kids to Catholic U Summer Camp, which is a beautiful opportunity. Mm-hmm. So like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff to, to help us evangelize. 
Um, and we want to close every episode by reminding you that mission, mission makes, makes sense. sense. That's right. That's so fun. Get it? Okay. Mission sense. Yeah, That's we're good. doing it. We're doing it big. Thank you so much for uh, loving the Lord and sharing the good news of the gospel. Join us next week on Beyond Damascus.